This is Jeremy Boyer, the organist for the 2019 Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues. You're listening to Optional Skate Blues with Eric and Mike. Let's go Blues! episode of Optional Skate Blues, our podcast where we talk hockey and focus on the St. Louis Blues. I'm Mike here with Eric. Mike, what's happening? Hey, <laughs> it's Monday, February 22nd, and uh, we're going to try and understand if sunlight is bad for ice. <laughs> uh, we're going to give out some awards for the Blues quarter-ish through the season, and uh, we'll take a look at the past week of game for the Blues, so... Uh, how, how was your week, Eric? Uh, did, you, did you sneak any snow days out? Yeah, here at the house, man. We definitely had uh, had two days. It was already a, a long weekend. And we were planning on a three-day weekend with the President's Day on Monday. And then got a snow day on Tuesday. And the my daughters, they had a snow day for their school on Wednesday, so it ended up being a, a two-day work week, and or a what five-day weekend. So not a <laughs> yeah. not a bad day overall. Plenty of cold, but not a bad day overall, or a bad weekend or work week either one. So yeah, yeah. I don't think that uh, I don't think that that relationship with teachers and them wanting the snow days as much as the students ever uh, resonated with me until uh, you you were the teacher so oh. i always think that's funny yeah man it's uh it's a very real thing the <laughs> at the at the school that i'm at there are every there are yearly new snow day shirts that are uh that are printed up <laughs> and and the teachers uh make the official call if there's potentially snow in the forecast for the next day where mm-hmm. teachers wearing jeans and and hanging out there's a guy it's it's actually kind of lower in our district that has accurately called every snow day for the last like five years or something like that mm. so uh he yeah, he's uh like yeah. the octopus <laughs> he is exactly <laughs> like that octopus <laughs> yeah yeah uh it's uh it's pretty great but yeah man it was some time to hang out with uh with the family watch some movies of course we watched frozen both the the first one and the second one and uh and just hung out with the girls and just had some indoor time and playing board games and blah 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 so we were able to did you want to build the snowman? I I did not. I went out, man. Really? <laughs> I went out the night that it was actually still uh, snowing, and I said to to my wife, I said to Bridget, I said, I'm gonna go out and shovel our driveway, and then uh, neighbor across the street, uh, Blues fans since the team started, right? Uh, the girls call him UB for Uncle Bud. 
And mm-hmm. uh, I was going to go over and, and shovel his driveway too, right? He's a, he's a bachelor. He's a retired guy, a great guy. And uh, mm-hmm. dude, I was out <laughs> shoveling our own driveway for 20 minutes and I ran inside. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm getting frostbite on my fingers. Like, I'm not doing this. There's not a chance in hell. Uh, so for the next 30 minutes, I sat with my hand, both hands tucked between my legs and just hoping that I didn't get frostbite for being an idiot at negative 12 degrees. But, uh, but well, what about you, man, with your, your senses, you know, my, my sense of feeling wasn't there, but, uh, you've, you've lost two of your senses recently. eh? I did lose two of my senses with my smell and taste. Uh, although I never had much sense anyway, but, uh, <laughs> yes, sadly I did end up getting the COVID and been doing fine the past week. So, but, uh, yeah, I can't, can't smell or taste and it's, uh, quite a odd sensation. You drink your coffee and it has no flavor and yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you smell the beans and you know what they smell like, but you can't smell anything. And, you know, you can, uh, I can taste that things are sweet or taste that they're sour. Okay. Or, vinegary but i they just have no flavor so it's it's a odd sensation that's interesting but i'm ready for it to end (laughs) possible so i'm I'm sure man yeah so just a lot of uh time inside the house uh i saw the new mortal Kombat trailer i don't know if you got to see that that was pretty pretty cool yeah that looks really really strong i saw a trailer that did uh, a side-by-side um, between the original one, whenever we were kids, and this current one, mm-hmm. and I, I remember thinking that the first one was so legit, and watching yeah. this this current trailer, like, oh man, it looked like such trash. <laughs> <laughs> Where he freezes his blood and stabs him with it, turns it into like a shiv. That was pretty 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 gory awesome and and scorpion kept going after that too yeah it looks really really cool now we you know grew up in the same neighborhood and went to the the same video store i believe video haven back way way back in the day yeah 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 and uh the the nice people the turners there that ran that video store we we rented one of the mortal Kombat movies not the first one i think it's the second one but it was annihilation. Yeah, and they famously we did return it on time or something. They called and left a, a voicemail message and said we needed to bring back Mortal Kombat annihilation. So <laughs> it's been a it's been a word that's ingrained in the the family uh, that's, that's vocabulary almost, ever since. That's almost a different room altogether. That's almost the room with the beads. <laughs> the, yeah. The what? What kind of Asian? And the, uh, what a nation? <laughs> in- Annihilation. I, I I think I'm gonna leave it there though. They they want Flash ju- Gordon. No, yeah. not Flash no, 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 Gordon. No, 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 no. <laughs> Although some of those outfits on uh, on some of those characters it makes you wonder though. Like, why are we really mm-hmm. fighting here with your blade katanas? Um, but uh, or not katanas. What's mm-hmm. the what's the fan one? Uh, what was her name? I think it, it was katana. Was it katana? I thought it was. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so lots of screen time. I saw the Adam Sandler and Shooter McGavin on Twitter reminded me of a 
a good hockey movie there with uh, Happy Gilmore, always one of the favorites. So just lots of yeah, TV screen time. Well, you've Watching even got the, you've even got the the shirt about Chubbs, don't you? The I did have the R.I.P. Chubbs Peterson. <laughs> I I, I watched, think it had his hand on it. It sure did. Missing, missing the fingers, yeah. The first time I saw you wear that to one of our Sunday hockey games, I thought, "What is? What the hell is he wearing?" And I looked a little bit closer, and I thought, I knew immediately what you were wearing, and I had to read the entire <laughs> shirt. But the one thing missing from that back and forth between Adam Sandler and Shooter was the opportunity that uh, the Shooter had to talk about eating pieces of shit for breakfast. So I think it was. <laughs> A real missed opportunity. You, you eat pieces of shit for breakfast. <laughs> Only whenever you're missing your two senses. No. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, I, don't know. I can't taste it anyway. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You could eat. Would you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? I'd rather not, but I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> uh, I'll the eat the poop. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no. No. <laughs> I'm picturing you pulling a jazz flute out of your chub shirt right now. This is this I'm is taking a clarinet player. Thank you. <laughs> oh, but, all right, there you go. Yeah. But uh, looking on the the NHL, uh, there's some some cool cool moments there. I don't know if you got to see the Patrick Kane spinorama goal. Yeah, man, you sent me that. Uh, you sent me the. Did I see it? And I said, you yeah. know, I didn't, I didn't have to take a look. I didn't have a chance. And then I real quick go on the YouTubes and, and press play. And initially I just thought, well, that was, you know, that was just a sweet move. And then you slow it down and you look at it and the sauce that he got on that backhand and where yeah. he put it is just amazing. Kane is he's overshadowed by a lot of these generational talents that he's playing at the same time with, but you've got to put him in the same conversation as Crosby and, and uh, Ovechkin. He's that good. Yep. And he's got the cups to go along with it. Sure but, does. Uh, yeah. Well, he's, he's an American, so he's probably overshadowed a little over. Right. Yeah. Crosby. But, uh, you know, just kind of uh, lots of points going on in the player points race, too. There was uh, uh, Matthews had yeah. two goals and two assists there on Saturday. And, uh, you know, I think Connor McDavid just kind of looks and see what everybody else is up to. And he's like, oh, well, I guess, <laughs> guess I got to top that. And he, you know, has a hat trick and two assists to go along yeah. with it and just uh, had that crazy goal of his own where he like settled it to his feet did a little like wiggle forehand to backhand and uh never once looks at the goal and just puts it far side he was looking past the entire way pretty pretty amazing how how good he is so you know you think uh matthews is coming up maybe gonna catch him in the point race and and he just puts on five more and and gets ahead even farther it's pretty amazing it's like you've made your own player in an NHL game and he's the only one getting ice time and and he's putting up <laughs> that level of points and he's just not going to stop. But they have that guy in their 500 team. 
And they, they got Dry Sidle. I was going to say, they have that guy and another guy who plays almost as good as him, and they're a 500 team. Goaltending, defense. Well, they do have Mike Smith as a goaltender, so. Um, Hendricks Hockey. <laughs> wear thick socks. Um <laughs> Now, Katie Strang uh, put out a big article on the Coyotes this week. I don't know if you saw that, but, you know, it had everything in there. Uh, yeah. It might sound presidential even. They had a casino <laughs> magnate, financial irregularities, toxic workplace culture, sexual harassment claims, uh, baseless lawsuit threats. You know, it, it, it certainly sounded like the, the presidential regime from not long ago, but... But sadly, it was all about Alex Marullo and the Coyotes and um, just kind of a crazy situation in total there. Yeah, whenever I was reading it, I, I went a different way initially with it. But I started to think of Better Call Saul and and there were so many parallels <laughs> between either Better Call Saul or the, you know, a, a fairly recent administration. And they're just it just seems like it couldn't get any worse. Uh, part of the the article was talking about the team refusing to settle their debts and trying to to cut corners on paying for napkins and shit like mm-hmm. <laughs> at what point are you need to make sure that your massive huge business is somebody that people want to do business with it's not just gate revenue if, if you are are putting really terrible awful um you know hot dogs and shit like that for food services out there then you're going to have terrible you're going to have a terrible experience and you're not going to get the gate revenue and and just it's it sounded like it just made no damn sense they were talking about the team has this family feel to it but then they just completely and totally screw over anybody and everybody else who's not immediately in their in their circle right yeah and it seems like the people who are in the circle don't enjoy it either um, yeah you know, they were the ones leaking information to uh, Katie Strang, the journalist, uh, you know, and then the the team new GM, uh, Bill Armstrong, kind of takes the strong arm approach. No, yeah. no pun intended hey, to, uh, to Katie Strang <laughs> by, you know, uh, threatening that they would send the leaker to jail, that um, they would get her blackballed across the league somehow. You know, it, it seemed also just like they were totally unaware of who Katie Strang is in general. Right. You know, she weeks yeah. before helped get the Mets GM fired for his inappropriate actions, uh, was a key reporter in the Larry Nasser U.S. gymnastics yeah. case. You know, she's just generally a person that you you don't want her number to show up on your caller id because it's, it's bad bad times and and so not only did it happen to them and they they doubled down the opposite yeah. way instead of trying to to get your peace and explain the situation they just seemed like they were shooting bullets in their own foot even more if katie strang is calling you you're gonna have a bad day <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> It's it was so weird, and I don't even know. I, I I left that that 
article without even really knowing what Armstrong thought. Like, I'm going to, the leaker's going to go to jail and you better not write this stuff. Like, I don't understand where he was going with that. I, I, I Was he going with the non-discloser or pe- the fact that people signed saying that they weren't going to leak information? And can you, you know, can you even... <laughs> Is that admissible? Would that hold up in court? I just, it just sounds, it sounds like some play school, like some, some playground. Hey, I need you to be my super best friend here and not tell anybody the super secrets uh, uh, (laughs) that I have a crush on this person. Right. And then (laughs) inevitably somebody's like, yeah, that's kind of funny. I'm, I'm definitely going to tell everybody. And but he did it as an adult and with an incredibly gifted and 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 talented reporter who's has the ability to just hang them out as a laughing stock and ultimately did. Yeah, they you know, they had a meeting after they found out that she got some information and talked about how you got to keep everything inside the organization and, you know, they threatened people and then immediately whoever the leaker was turned all that information over to her. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just, uh, and in all time, top of all of that, they, they refused to multiple interview requests and declined to comment on the entire situation. So, you know, they, they were aware of what was going on. They had a chance to participate and tell their side of the story. Yeah. And instead they just, threatened and strong-armed and you know refused to to acknowledge all of their wrongdoing so yeah yeah um, and and gave the leaker by default the only person who had a megaphone right so mm-hmm. so katie's uh katie strang's able to go out there and she's able to say here's what i saw and what i heard the leaker gets their piece out there too. And the only person who's the only group that's not there to talk about what happened is the group that has the most to lose about it. Right. Hmm. Yep. No sense. Makes zero sense. Well, much like, uh, you outside shovel in your driveway, Dallas had, uh, some issues with snow this week, had to cancel their game. And, uh, even went as far as having players having to, uh, uh, locked out of their homes, no power. Uh, Captain Jamie Ben, Essa Lindell, and Tyler Sagan ended up uh, taking in some 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 of the players there and and having them stay at the house. Kind of a nice situation there, but good captain move. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's just the right thing to do, right? You know, uh, I went around and checked on my neighbors here locally, and 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 called family and everything like that, and made sure that everybody was good. Nobody needed anything the day before. Uh, all this weather was supposed to hit, and and eventually did get out and and shoveled UB's driveway and uh, and checked on everybody else still <laughs> too. As that all went down, not that day, <laughs> whenever it was minus twelve. But uh, but did get out there to do that. So yeah, it sounds like they're you know they're just doing the right thing, being good teammates and, and taking care of people. Yeah, they said Sagan was even rehabbing in Ontario, so wasn't wasn't there and gave the players the full run of his house there. So surprisingly, none of them fled to Cancun. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, man, did you get a chance to watch the the outdoor games, the Lake Tahoe, no fans, but great scenery games. I saw the part of the start of the first one and uh, caught a little bit of the the restart of the first one. So, right. uh, uh, yeah. But you know, you saw the pictures all week and how amazing the the yeah. rink looked and how, what a great 
thing it, it could have been and um sadly the the sun <laughs> messed up yeah. the game they had it in the day uh funny enough sun melts ice so it made it hard <laughs> and somewhat literal sledding uh for for the first game uh with the avs playing against the knights yeah. so they had uh they started played the first period it was real slushy they decided that wasn't great conditions and they restarted it eight eight hours later something like that at, at you know nine o'clock pacific yeah i mean it was it was really can, we got a real quick talk about the the sweaters right the the ab sweaters oh, yeah. were just strong i thought i liked mm-hmm. them I thought I just liked them looking at them, but watching them whenever they were playing with those things on, man, I went online and I immediately bought a Nordiques hat. Um, <laughs> it's just, they, they looked so good and Vegas don't look bad. Right. But they don't really have the heritage there to, to do much with right. their logo. But, uh, but those abs those ones looked bad, clean. Though. The helmets are bad. I heard an interview with, uh, with Ryan Reeves whenever, uh, they asked him about the helmets. And he said, maybe, maybe we just need to see him with the, with the whites, maybe not the gold ones. <laughs> maybe <laughs> you could tell he's not a fan, man. So, but then the, yeah. then the Bruins and the Flyers, you know, another game without, uh, not without its controversy. Um, the Bruins have, I'm sorry, the Flyers have, you know, basically their top two lines, um, not the key parts of their top two lines. Let me put it that way uh, in COVID protocols and they get their butts handed to them by the Bruins. Yep. Yeah. They, uh, well, did you see all the, the Bruins with their nineties uh, garb? I did. I, and I, I saw Pasternak and I, had, I really enjoyed that man. They, yeah. I like the way that after the Listening game, too, to they, Barbie girl, they looked like their their hot pink uh, attire and their and their super sweet swatches. They definitely should have been listening to Barbie girl. They uh, I like the way that they stayed on after the game and uh, and and took a team picture there too, right? Like it was nobody's home mm-hmm. eyes technically, and and you can have that picture forever and and all the guys there. So I thought that was something that was kind of cool. Yeah, kind of weird with the handshake lines at the end of the games as well. Yeah, they did that for the Bruins Flyers, but they didn't do it Avs uh, Avs Knights. So now I I remember you had a '90s themed party, '80s themed birthday party. Was oh, that? yeah, that was uh, that was a eight. What, what was it? '80s or '90s? I don't even remember. I. Um. <laughs> I may I or may either. not. <laughs> I, I was in attendance, but I <laughs> we rented out the 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 skate great skate or not great skate. Yeah, great skate. Yeah. Something. Uh, something out here Skating. in St. Charles. Yes, yeah, so, uh, skate galaxy or something like that out here in St. Charles, and uh, definitely dressed up. And I'm pretty sure I ended up being in 70s. So whatever it was for everybody else, I celebrated <laughs> my own. <laughs> my own way and uh man i i remember saying that uh, that everybody had to have side by sides and nobody should should have rollerblades and then i went out there in my sweet my dad's old <laughs> leisure suit <laughs> and i promptly ate shit like four times in a row and i was in no shape to be doing any kind of skating and oh, uh, this, well i remember yeah also being overserved trying to do the the quads 
Yeah. I'm failing miserably, and uh, I think my knees and elbows are still busted to this day since then. And then whoever gave me the joust was was a dummy. They, Don't give the juggernaut a joust. Skating around with a, a jousting <laughs> stick. <laughs> yeah. Relive, uh, uh, what the hell, a knight's tale with, uh, <laughs> with, uh, what's the, uh, the guy who played the Joker, the best Joker, um, Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger, a knight's tale. You go out there and just joust some people. Mike, I don't want to mm-hmm. play. You're going to play. <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Well, that's whatever. It was not a request. Yeah. yeah I mean, we're doing this. That's whenever, uh, excellent friend of the podcast, Brad, that's whenever he and his beautiful beautiful mustache were uh were pulled over on the way to the skating and uh and thankfully the officer was uh he he must have been getting off of his shift there recently and decided that he didn't want to take people in so it was uh it was a good day everybody had fun and um from what i from what i remember it was it was a great birthday yeah well we are going to take a look at uh the blues through a quarter of the season we uh decided to make up some awards and kind of look to recognize some of the blues players and uh who who we think are standing out here after 20-ish games so far so yeah Yeah. uh you want to roll over kind of what what we uh graded on here yeah man we've got the best defensive forward best young gun Top defenseman, biggest disappointment so far, and then team MVP. And um, I just looked at at how everybody was doing. You know, we've watched every single game and and based it a little bit off of stats, uh, but but really the eyeball test too, right? I didn't get too far into analytics. Just just looked at overall stats and and from watching yeah. all the all the games played and and just made my calls based off of that. Did you use anything else to come up with yours? No, well, you know, I've seen some stats and I think that helped me make my decisions, but for the most part it's all uh uh just kind of what I'm what I'm seeing and what 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 uh what I'm feeling. So, uh for the best defensive forward, kind of who who were you looking at? I had Shen. Um I not just his points, you know, he's played 18 games. He's got nine goals, seven assists for 16 points. He's a plus nine. Like many of the blues, he's struggling on the power play with just one power play point. But Mm -hmm. the main thing that I really am going off of this is, you know, Hitchcock always talked about that 200 foot game and Braden Shen night in nine out Every single shift, he seems to be playing that 200-foot game. He's not giving up on puck battles. He's hitting every single person who's moving and wearing a different sweater. And he's just giving constant, consistent effort. And And I absolutely love to watch him play on a nightly basis. What about you, man? Who'd you have in that? You know, I kind of ranked uh, top two. But uh, I had him just outside of that. I had uh, Ryan O'Reilly. You know, it's hard to not pick him as a top defensive forward, just a former Selkie. Selkie, yeah. Um, you know, just the overall defensive force, uh, you know, face-off specialist. Sure. Uh, they, they put up a stat in one of the other games, just 
how he leads the West in face-offs. And uh, he, he was like 50 face-offs, one ahead of the next person on the list. So just how important that he is to the Blues game to win a face-off, get it yeah. clean out of your zone or um, create some offense even is so important for the Blues. And then uh, my other choice was also Oscar Sundquist. Yeah. Um, he just is such an unheralded player in the league and um, just – is always a force out there on the ice, no matter what line he's playing with. He just gets juggled so much. You remember the first game of the season, he plays on the line when Hoffman doesn't get his visa, yeah. uh, yep. scores two goals, helps him win the game. You know, So he can play up there with the, the big guys, and he can play on the third line, the fourth line, wherever you want to put him. He's playing on the, the penalty kill. He's getting those shot blocks where yep. you know I remember the – I, you know, probably one of the games against the Coyotes, but where he had like three <laughs> three blocks in, you yeah. know, a 30-second span. I, just, I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. Yep. Putting his body and his chicklets on the line all the time yep. out there, and uh, you, you could see how his mouth got that way. So <laughs> uh, the, the only reason I didn't pick uh, Sunquist because originally he was the guy who I was going to choose his best defensive forward. I left him on mm-hmm. the outside just based off of his plus minus rating. And, and I know that that's not necessarily fair. I think he's at a minus three right now, uh, considering how much he's asked to play in all these different roles and, uh, and, and just really be a Jose Okendo of the, of the St. Louis blues. Right. But, um, yep. but that's, that's literally the only reason why he fell off and, uh, and Shen moved up was whenever I saw Shen was a plus nine and, uh, and Sonny was uh, a minus three, I think. So. Yep. So for the, the best, uh, young gun or new addition, I had, uh, Kyle Clifford was my number two. Yeah. Um, I, I really came into the season thinking he was kind of a nothing. Yeah. Um, and he's Same. been pretty impressive so far. Just uh, he skated a lot better than I anticipated. Um, he has had a couple of goals, which uh, has been nice for him to contribute that way. And um, just seems to be like a blue style of player in general. You know, he, he uh, plays on the forecheck, gets the puck in deep. Um, hits create some havoc in the offensive zone, but is also you know defensively stable. So um, really seems like he's mixed in well so far. And then probably no surprise to anybody that uh, Jordan Cairo is uh, the best young gun for me. Um, he he's just been outstanding so far. Seventeen points in nineteen games. Um, just really has been the only person out there consistently creating offense for the blues it seems like every game he makes three or four plays happen where they just get some uh incredible chances and um his speed just leads to a lot of opportunities and you know it's i don't want to get hyperbolic but you know he he has that speed where he comes up the ice and it makes you think connor mcdavid um nathan mckinnon Kale McCarr, it's like yeah. super style, yep. speed, and creativity kind of all in one package that maybe he's not there yet. Maybe he'll never quite get there, yeah. but just as certainly our closest representative to that yep. style of talent. 
completely, yeah, completely and totally agree about both those players, right? Uh, Kairou, um, I read an interview where Armstrong had said for Team Canada, he said, don't overlook young guys. And then he said, like Jordan Kairou, um, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's got a lot of people's attention really, really early on. And like you said, he's, he's dynamic. He loves to score. Uh, he, he seems to celebrate his, his third and fourth goal, uh, the, or his seventh goal, right. The exact same way that he celebrated his first. And, mm-hmm. and that's something that I love about him. And I thought the exact same thing about Clifford too, as far as his addition, Clifford has played a better game than Barbashev, than Blay, than a lot of those guys, than uh, Sanford, than you could make the argument that that Thomas was just lackluster. And, and the way that Clifford plays, he's not better than Thomas. I don't think he's better than Sammy Blay, and I don't think that he's better than than any of those guys. But I think that right. he's he has more pride than all of those guys. And that's what's made him a, a better contributor to the team overall and uh, and a better performer, I think. So I, I completely agree with both of those guys for those exact same reasons that you talked about. And then uh, my, my top defenseman was the next category. And again, to, to nobody's surprise, uh, I've got Justin Falk, right? Uh, five goals, three assists, plus 17. And he has a whopping two power play points. But for the Blues, who were, I think, at tonight's broadcast, they said the Blues were 26th in the league on their power play. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, two power play points is probably a a pretty good percentage, especially from our back end right now. So, uh, Falk, you know, (laughs) you just you weren't sure what you were going to get. Maybe Uh, you weren't sure if if last year was was what he was or the way that he ended up playing in Carolina was was who he was going to be, given that Petra left and and here he is proven that he was the guy in Carolina plus some yeah I also had him as my top defenseman um he's you know been imperative to the the season um also you know I not what you're expecting coming into the season from what you'd seen him before in the blues uniform um so certainly a more than pleasant surprise kind of the guy that you hoped you would get from the start and um is really putting it together and getting shots to the net just doing things that none of the other defensemen seem to be accomplishing also you know clean zone exits yep um moving up on the play uh getting shots to the net creating opportunities you know offensively and defensively so um, really, really strong from him so far. And uh, for my other choice, I did put Tory Krug. It was really hard to pick anybody from the defensemen. I think that's really a yeah. group that the, the the Blues have not has been a disappointment so far. So, uh, but Krug with eleven points through nineteen games, I think, yeah, um, had a good bad. plus minus rating. Um, he, he was only shooting 2%, which is pretty low for any NHL averages. So, um, you know, you think that could rise to the mean hopefully soon. So, but yeah, really just the rest of the defense is kind of a, a, a a disappointment, which kind of takes us to the next award, which is the biggest disappointment so far. So, um, mine was one of the defensemen with Vince Dunn, um, this was kind of going to be his prove it season. He signed yeah. the the you know UFA uh, one year deal, two million going into this year. You thought yep. he'd be motivated and 
Um, it's just a quarter through the season, but he, he really hasn't been what you'd hoped he would be. Um, lots of stumble in his own zone. Um, seems out of position. Yep. Um, not creating offensively. And, uh, you know, as much trouble as they're having on the power play, he was still getting power play time and just isn't, isn't making things happen. He just, uh, seems real unsure out there right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's blown coverage. Yeah. Uh, uh, miss passes, just, just whiffing on passes. Uh, can't get out of, can't get out of the zone. Um, whenever the pucks kind of hemmed in, you can't count on them to clear it out. And, and he was my biggest disappointment so far too. You know, he's got three goals. He's got three assists. He's at a minus four and has one power play point, but he's just, every time that you look at him out there, he seems like he's, he's struggling. Like he's completely forgot how to play the position and it's not helpful. And the other guy that I had that could easily be up there for the biggest disappointment so far um, would be Huso. And he's just been he's been lackluster, especially the first two shut two or three shots of the game. And mm-hmm. uh, and he's been able to figure it out a lot of times. But but can you imagine where this team would be? without Jordan Bennington, which brings us to, or brings me to my team MVP so far. And going into tonight's game, you know, Benner had uh, eight wins, four losses, a 2.3, I'm sorry, 2.53 goals against and a 9.13 save percentage. You'd like for the goals against and the save percentage to be lower. But again, like we were talking about with the Blues defense and they're so far the season at the quarter mark, their inability to play blues hockey still yet. Uh, the entire team to be able to play blues hockey and the injuries just decimating our team. Can you imagine where our team would be? That's where I came up with MVP. Like, could you imagine where our team would be without fill in the blank? And could you imagine where I can't imagine where this team would be without Jordan Bennington? So he's uh, he's definitely my MVP all the way. Jake Allen is having a great season. I don't know if you know this. I'm, yeah, I people do. like to tell me. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Well, it never happened with the note on. That's for sure. But uh, my team MVP is uh, Jordan Cairo. Um, yeah. I think that uh, he, you know, he's been a total surprise so far. Um, he's among the league leaders in even strength points. Yeah. Uh, he has 16 even strength points. Uh, the people ahead of him in that category are Marner, Matthews, um, McDavid, Kane, <laughs> Dreisaitl, and that's it. Yeah. So, uh, pretty lofty company there. Yeah. Um, certainly not what you think that no, he's been man. getting. Um, without Schwartz, he's had to shuffle up the lines, and they've kind of created a um, a super line with Perron, O'Reilly. I love it. And him on there just to get some scoring while they're struggling right now. So um, just, you know, really played outstanding and has is uh, dragging the Blues into the future probably, you know, just with, uh, with, with his play and looks to be a mainstay in the top six for a long time to come. I love that stat, man. I love the, all those names that you rattled off with it and and just one power play point for the guys so far 
just tells you Mm -hmm. not only how good he's been at even strength, but that he has untapped potential. If he's only got one power play point and is already, you know, basically a point per game, um, can you imagine if the Blues power play really starts clicking? You know, it not even if it just it, it, it gets above 26. If it just gets above to the middle of the pack, that's going to automatically say that Kyrie is going to have, you know, uh, something to say on probably half of the power play goals on a given night. So if the Blues power play just starts getting to click, this kid, watch out for this kid's point totals that are just going to soar, man. Yeah, after Saturday, he was... Tw- you know, top 20 in the league in points, which is uh, a pretty amazing. Um, oh, yeah. I think only Shen and O'Reilly were ahead of him and only by a point each. So, yeah. Um, he's, he's really been fantastic so far. So, uh, now one thing that hasn't been fantastic for the Blues is injuries. Um, you know, we just watched the game to the Kings tonight uh, and watched Gunnarsson go out with yeah. a pretty severe looking lower body injury yeah um got his leg pinned against and went down in an awkward direction and uh uh you know looked like it was very serious and yeah so even though we just get scandela back we're still out schwartz pareko bozak barbashev thomas and tarasenko as well so um injuries keep stacking up for the blues and uh they are a deep team but they're really testing the limits of their depth right now yeah, it's to to Gunnarsson's injury here real quick. You know, he's going to be a UFA at the end of this year with a shortened season. I I really and with how bad that injury looked, it's really mm-hmm. really sad to say it, but I I could really see that being the last shift that Gunnarsson Carl Gunnarsson ever takes in the NHL, which would be a real bummer, man. But uh, but I think it's got to be looked at as a very real possibility. But yeah, if you look at those yep. names. Schwartz, Pareko, Bozak, Tarasenko, Barbashev, and Thomas. That's a power play line. Schwartz, Pareko, Bozak, Tarasenko, and Thomas. That would easily be our second power play unit, um, mm-hmm. if not elements of our first. And so we got Scandella back, and and he's kind of been in and out of of the lineup. Pareko, finally, they're just saying that he's been playing with a back with back problems, right? So um, there's no. I don't think real... they said it, but it it did get leaked. Yeah, it got leaked. Okay, well, yeah. get get Bill Armstrong out there. He'll he'll, he'll lock that <laughs> shit down. Who leaked this? I'm gonna fire you. You're gonna go to jail. Bill, you silly guy. But yeah, so it's it's seems like it's going to continue to be a thing. I know that to, during tonight's broadcast, he said that Tarasenko and and Bozak were skating, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. Bozak seems like he's probably the next guy who's going to be back out of that group. Um, and then it's crazy to think that Tarasenko may be the next one back after that. But uh, but I, I I will look forward to getting Bozak back and uh, and some of that veteran presence, uh, veteran Blues presence too in this lineup, man. Yeah, well, Tarasenko is still uh, non-contact, so that's um, debatable. But Thomas is three to five weeks, you know, Barbashev looking at three months, I think they said. Yeah, I think they said he'll be reevaluated in in six weeks or something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Schwartz is, I haven't heard any information on him whatsoever. Same. um, So... 
I guess that could be good for Tarasenko. Losing those games, that portion of the salary, does that does that allow for him to potentially come back? I mean, with the sheer volume, I, I have to say yes. Uh, I mean, I'm not here, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have my abacus out or anything like that. But uh, but I've got to think with, with the amount of money that, that those players are making, Schwartz, Pareko, Bozak, and then himself— uh, with you know Tarasenko, I got to think mm-hmm. that uh, and you know Hot Carl's uh, Hot Carl was out uh, about two million is his salary and he'll probably be out for the rest of the year or at least until the playoffs. Um, so I mean I, I have to think that's the case, but I'm almost thinking that it's it's time to to start looking at some of these bottom teams, uh, you know Detroit, Nashville, Ottawa, and just really start looking at. Uh, at players that are on there that are on expiring deals and, and seeing if you can get uh, some shopping done early. Get in on the Eichel sweepstakes, huh? I I don't think that the GM for for Buffalo is going to take Doug Armstrong's calls nope. anymore. Nope. No, I don't think. Oh, I, I must have uh, missed that one, hey, Doug. Yeah. Hey, I got a I got, I got a couple players over here that you might be interested in. I got a Zach Sandsford and. I will re-sign Berglund, do another deal, and trade him to you again. And what do you say? Yeah, well, it's a it's a new guy. You know, he probably owes him his job because of that trade for the <laughs> other guy, right? So, <laughs> and then he'd be looking for a new one again. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, man. But I really do think that uh, that the Blues might be shopping sooner rather than later. Yep. Well, the so the Blues this week went uh, one and two. Uh, they well, I guess one, yeah, one and yeah, two, one and two. Yeah, you got it. Well, the first one win was in overtime. I, I was thinking, trying to give us the extra point there, but sadly, no. Yeah. Um, so on Thursday, the Blues played, gets a two-three win. Uh, funny enough, the announcers kept calling the Coyotes the Sharks. I don't know if you heard that too. <laughs> I saw, uh, yeah, I saw the I saw the Coyotes New Jerseys that had a shark on them instead of the Peyote yeah. Coyote. Funny, and but uh, you know they they really played a solid first period there. I I thought it might have been the the best period they played all season. Um, you they know, maybe good. since that first game in Colorado, it just. Yeah. Uh, they were buzzing around, getting lots of chances, uh, nothing coming the other way. But, um, you know, sometimes in those games, they really only seem to get one goal and all they play is a good period and the other team gets back into the game. And that's kind of what yeah. happened there. Yeah, that's that's notorious for for that's a great analysis because it it's you you take a period like that and you're thinking, how are, how do we only have one goal? And then in the other locker room, they're thinking we're only down by one. And uh, and they're having the exact opposite thought. You know, they gave, they gave us their very best, and we're only down by one. We can go out there, boys. We can do this. And and the main thing that I took away from from this whole game was this Bortuzzo and Dunn pairing is just not working, and and they just don't seem to know where one another are going to be. They don't seem to know whose responsibility it is to to take which man off the draw, uh, who's going to chase after the puck, uh, who's going to watch the front of the net. And then whoever is watching the front of the net, usually done, uh, is actually not watching the front of the net, man. So it's, it's just full of holes. Uh, the thing that kept 
frustrating me so much about this game was the the commitment to trying to pass it into the middle of the ice it just wasn't there and then they kept trying to do it and of course that's how they scored <laughs> their their uh their goal um at the end of the game to to put it to overtime um mm-hmm. was through that way but man it was just it was it, it it's hard to watch at some points man that that pass wasn't there Bertuzzo and Dunn not playing well it was a, it was it was not a very good second and third period to watch Yep, but they did get uh, the goal 30 seconds left, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, got a rebound. Chen puts it in, and then uh, David Perron gets another overtime goal to tie the Blues in career history with Keith Kachuk, I believe. Yeah. Um, for Big most Walt. most overtime goals. So, um, you know, they, they have been doing well coming from behind. Yeah. Um, but certainly not a situation you want to keep putting yourself in. Um, but they failed to learn that lesson. And then on Saturday, uh, fall five to four, um, just not a, not a great game, kind of a one period game again from the blues. So, yep. um, fall behind early, uh, go down three to one, managed to get it all the way to tied four to four at the end of the second and then kind of play up lackluster third yep. with good chances towards the end but just can't can't make it happen and and i know that uh you know it, it was kind of a team I don't know, you know team effort issue just they they're not making plays to to get the puck out of the zone and yep. are really kind of shooting themselves in the foot so um what do you think and i think not only are they shooting themselves in the foot but they're shooting like they're not giving bennington hardly any help i think that i know it's hard to say this whenever five goals find their way into the net but i rewatched all of those goals again and i truly believe that none of those goals were jordan bennington's fault the first one was a sanford giveaway right in the middle of the defensive zone and we end up fishing it out of the back of the net the second was a bad bounce off the glass uh, the the third one was Bortuzzo losing his assignment off the faceoff and Dunn's caught in no man's land. The fourth one, Dunn doesn't take out Marlowe, and and the fifth was a uh, uh, fifth goal. He was screened by two Blues and one Shark, and the Shark player even tipped it. So, I just it's it's really really hard to to say that five goals go in and. And they're not his fault, but they just they just weren't. It was just like you said, it was just lackluster or I, I hate to say the word lazy, but I in it earlier in the year, I said, I'm not going to say lazy because I don't think that that's what it is. But I'm, I'm starting to think that that's kind of what it is. Um, well, yeah, it's kind of an extension of the second game of the, the two game series again. Yeah, they just. It seems I you know that they're they've figured us out or they they do something that it just seems like the blues aren't um, chugging along at at the right uh, effort level. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that you know they are trying out there, but it seems like they get stymied or you know struggle to do the same thing over and over, even though the the def- defenders are taking it away and they really struggle to create new or better opportunities they just kind of plow along and have the same mistakes over and over yeah i don't know if it's 
missing marks of art as an assistant coach or whatever it is, but they're just, yeah, they're, they're, they commit to, here's how we're going to try and score goals now and, and, and don't develop that throughout the game. Mm -hmm. Well, as you were mentioning marks of art there, they were over four on the power play again in that game. Uh, still just at 13% on the season. Um, and it's just, uh, it, it's been a glaring, yeah error in their game right now that they're i can understand that you're struggling on the power play but you can still make a difference with the power play yeah um you know when it matters and uh in all three of these games the blues were in tight games and um had an opportunity on the power play late in the game Um, you know, the one Oh loss to the coyotes, they, they had a power play with two minutes and 30 seconds left and, um, couldn't capitalize in, in the win against San Jose. They had a, with four minutes left in the game, they had a power play and couldn't capitalize. And then that five, four loss to San Jose, they had a one there. So, um, just they're, they're getting the chances. They just really need to try something else or, or, you know, dedicate themselves to getting shots. Cause it seems like they struggle to get shots on their power play. Yep. Um, everything seems like it's trying to set up that, uh, wing shot. I know you yep. have Perron and you have Hoffman now, Hoffman, but, yeah. uh, we, we just need to be a little more nuanced than that. Cause I know it, everybody knows it. it it's coming. We need to figure out some other way to, to get a goal on the power play or it's that pass from the the winger who's on the on the near boards and they're trying to get it to the player who's just to the side of the of the net right and then what Mm -hmm. they end up doing is they just end up shifting that back and forth between that player sometimes they'll try to jam at home and sometimes they'll successfully jam at home but more often than not what ends up happening is the defenseman's right there they get a stick on it it either goes to the boards and gets you know uh, a puck battle ensues and it either gets cleared out or the we have to at least reset right so it's it's just it's just the constant it's it's just the same two or three plays right and we just got to get in there and get after it and change it up i agree i think that jam play works so infrequently that it, it's almost worth abandoning it and it would be yeah. interesting to see if that forward move move behind the net um really to try to get those defensemen to shift into uh, you know, just out of position to, to have to move and maybe create a new angle by moving behind the net. Uh, you know, super effective by for Gretzky, but um, yeah. and you you just don't see many teams utilize that area also. So it could be a, a potential opportunity or you know just something different to 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 get the defense to have to shift in a way that may create other opportunities. So. And I'd love to see it, too, where they maybe put a guy at the high point, right? Like, I love seeing Sunquist on the power play. If you put a guy at mm-hmm. the high point and you put the two wingers on the sides, um, they can shag the puck. If, if it goes off net, just get the puck on net and give those guys, give those wingers a chance to collapse, too. So, yep. yeah, man, I uh, I don't think we're going to cure their power play woes, but... Um, 
uh, I would love for someone in uh, in St. Louis or to to get out there and, and cure their power play blows. And we saw more of that again tonight. I know that the, the Blues were only 0 for one, but uh, but Bennington was locking it down again. And again, no power play goals. Special teams. The the game winning goal for LA was a power play goal. So struggled again. Yep. Yeah. So a two zero loss tonight to the Kings. Three. Um, like they put it said, in the empty net, right? Three empty netter. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right. Um, so, you know, they're struggling to get offense again. Quick played a pretty good say- game, made a couple of good saves out there, but um, just nothing outstanding. And and uh, I, they they looked outmanned a little bit tonight, especially yeah. once Gunnarsson uh, went down. Um, but there's no breaks coming up in the schedule they're no. going to need to figure out their game soon yeah and and they're all play you know la is is five and oh in their last you know in their last games so they're like you said there's no there's no cupcakes i know in our in our preview of the west right um whenever we looked at this we were thinking that there were going to be some some easy games with phoenix and la and san jose and now we're looking at the schedule and we're seeing we're splitting those games we're getting ready to come up on some vegas games we're getting ready to come up on more uh uh avalanche games i don't think we've seen the wild yet this year but we're getting ready to start to play them before too long so we've got to get these points and we've got to start playing our game early and often and and for a full 60 Otherwise, uh, you know, outside looking in potentially for the playoffs, worst case scenario, or you draw the top seed and uh, and you're going to have to work for the cup from go. Yeah, and that's really where it's looking right now. They're kind of points percentage wise, just a slight hair over Minnesota. Uh, there is a pretty good gap between four and five. So um, not looking like you're worry too much about that at the moment but you certainly have to improve your play pretty immediately and um they they haven't seemed like they've been very consistent with their play at all this year um they show some highs like we said um that period against san jose two the two periods against san jose but but uh not to be a cliche like hockey cliche but they need to play a full 60 minutes because they haven't really done that yet this year the, the first game, that was it. The very first game of the year, uh, whenever the Blues just beat the shit out of the Avalanche, that was the only game that the Blues put in a full 60 minutes, and uh, and it showed. And then and then the Avalanche responded, and, and we just end up not knowing how to play from there on in. Hey, um, Mike, I, I can't help but... But either the my upper lip smells really bad, or or that might be this week's hot garbage. Ew! What's that smell? It's this week's installment of hot, 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 hot garbage. Well, I'm only noticing the heat this week, not the the smell, but. Uh... <laughs> But my hot garbage for this week is the NHL after their Lake Tahoe blunder this week. Um, just uh, seemed like it was going to be pretty amazing. Uh, beautiful scenery, perfect backdrop to the rink. They were getting lots of social media coverage. Uh, looked like everything was going to be great, except the NHL failed to plan for ideal weather. 
Uh, yeah. On top of that, you know, it forced us to listen to Gary Bettman. And <laughs> has there ever been a time when you've been relieved to hear Gary Bettman speak? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Stanley Cup and Finals 2019. He, yeah. <laughs> Other than that, no. <laughs> well, he didn't disappoint again, this time saying some stupid shit, declaring <laughs> Sunshine as the NHL's enemy. So, like the 90s song, it's clear that the NHL is their own worst enemy. Hey. Um, yeah. Right. What? So, what are teams thinking now when you're drafted to be in these stadium series or winter classic games? Uh, you know, Colorado probably not a whole lot of interest. Uh, so, not only did they have last year's traffic debacle uh, going to the stadium series game at the Air Force Academy, where half of the people who had tickets to the game couldn't get inside before the end of the game. I forgot about that. Yeah, there wasn't the infrastructure. Um, so, you know, the NHL struggles to get people to believe that they're a professional organization and each blunder like this is a detrimental to what is left of their credibility. Uh, they're looking to be selling the league to viewers and their TV contracts up at the end of the season. Uh, these outdoor games are already a novelty in the sport where they're very conservative and not open to new things. So this was an opportunity to do something unique. And to try something special. And it seems like they were so close. Yeah. But apparently did not know that the sun melts ice. <laughs> the enemy or, of the NHL. <laughs> or they did know and they failed to plan or course correct. And they put their athletes and their talent at risk. Yeah. No one is shocked. But the NHL and the commissioner are again hot garbage. The hottest and the stinkiest. It's um, speaking of the the stinkiest part. My 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 hot garbage this week is, and this may or may not have something to do with an immediate event at work, but the person who comes by your office immediately after you've ripped a really terrible fart <laughs> and. And everybody's aware of what just happened, right? Within the first couple seconds of being in the office, everyone knows what happened. Like, there's that initial moment where you're like, did I just walk into a room where somebody just pooped their pants a couple seconds ago? And then, you know, you, you, you know, very early on. But then the person who stays in there after you've been in your what you thought was your fortress of solitude and you ripped a solid toot and the person... You can't end the conversation fast enough, but if the person is committed to like, well, I'm here, I'm just going to go ahead and have this conversation. Um, it's, it's just the, the, the terrible thing whenever you have the moment, everyone knows what happened. Nobody can, can, like you said earlier, course correct, and you just have to commit to that event instead of somebody just saying, you know, I'll, uh, uh, I'll be back in a little bit. I forgot something in the, uh, in the other room. And then they give you a chance to get up and maybe come to them and finish the conversation there. Or maybe you can turn on your, your air diffuser or whatever. But um, it's, uh, it's just an embarrassing moment for everyone. I can't get up. People say, my wife always says, just get up and, and go to the bathroom, right? If you know you got to fart. If I stand up, 
and I got a fart on deck, I lose that fart for at least 45 minutes. <laughs> and and in the meantime, my belly hurts and it's no good for anybody or everybody. So I got to commit to it. I got to make it happen in those moments. And uh, that is why the person who walks in the door immediately after you've taken your own office fart is hot garbage. That's a... Uh... It's some dictator-like stuff, blaming other people for walking into your fart. (laughs) I'm not saying that it's their problem. I'm just saying that you know really early. Have you... (laughs) You know really early whenever that's happened. Sammy Sosa, you know, do like your piece and get the hell out of the room. That's what you want him to do or... Yeah. Yeah, or like I said, you can say, "I um, I forgot something in my uh, in, in my room or whatever. I'll uh, I'll be right back in a little bit." Or can I give you a call whenever I get there because I got some other stuff I got to do? I'm not going to be embarrassed by that. Actually, I'm not even necessarily all that embarrassed if you walked into my fart cloud. I just think that it's a little bit awkward, and whenever we know that it happened, we can all just move past it and uh, and just say, like, I'll even warn some people, just just so you know, I just ripped a really terrible fart right now, <laughs> like two minutes before you came in. So if you want to have this conversation elsewhere, we'll do that. If I'm friends with them, I'll, I'll let them know that. If I'm not the best of friends with them, I just kind of hope that the fart has dissipated enough or maybe the mask right is uh is keeping the fart from getting them from attacking them but uh, but i'm not sure that's happening all right well well thank you to all of our listeners for joining us this week uh it's always fun hearing from people that listen to the podcast uh so please reach out to us through our social medias um, also, special <laughs> thanks go out to producer Greg and Jeremy Boyer for the music. Um, and for other shout-outs to Nicole, uh, The Hold Steady, Olivia Rodrigo, happy anniversary <laughs> to David Ayers. Uh, that was a year ago. There you go. Yeah, yeah I've, got, uh, I've got mine. Uh, I would like to say again to my own personal Where's Waldo, um, and future French-speaking bestie of mine, Mr. Clitchy or Miss Clitchy. Uh, and we've actually got uh, a good number of people out in Lake Stevens and West Lake Stevens, Washington, uh, taking a Fuck listen. West so. Lake Stevens. It's oh. all about Lake Stevens. <laughs> now we got some beef. Is this like uh, John Oliver and, and Dan Barry? Are you <laughs> attacking West Lake Stevens? Um I would Lake love Stevens to the core. I would love to get some West Side <laughs> Lake Stevens, East Side Lake Stevens beef going here. Um, all right, I'll be uh, I'll be Westlake. Uh, I'll represent Westlake and uh, the Washington listeners. We hope that uh, that we'll get a chance to visit, hopefully on a hockey road trip. Right, whenever the Blues take on the Kraken here before too terribly long. Definitely and no just right. I can't wait. That's one of the cities that as soon as they said Seattle was going to get a team, I was already in my head circling. When can we possibly get there? The sooner, the better. Uh, and I'm sure that our Westlake Stevens listeners will be the ones who offer to uh, to show us around there and, and say that that Lake Stevens people, they're, uh, you know, they're a bunch of poors or they're the other side of the street. So other side of the, yeah. the railroad tracks. They'll offer, and then they'll steal your wallet. Well, but at least they'll have offered. They're nice, <laughs> though. <laughs>
Well, thank you to everybody that listens. And if you like the podcast, uh, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get our podcasts. And tell a friend. Uh, We're always looking to grow and meet new people to talk blues hockey with. Uh, Check us out on our socials. Uh, On Facebook, we're Optional Skate Blues. And then at Blues Skate on Twitter. And as always, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Let's go blues.